Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, every once in a while we talk about botanicals that we love and use in our tanks and uh, give a little background, go a little deeper. We used to call this series Behind the Botanical. It's something we should probably do a little more of now that there's more people into botanicals in general and you don't think we made up these bizarre names or anything. So give you a little origin story. So today we're going to talk about one of my personal favorites, the the so-called monkey pot. Now, back in the really early days of tannin aquatics, when, you know, global domination of the botanical aquarium movement was just a cool ambition because there was no movement to dominate, I spent a large amount of time scouring references and finding suppliers all over the world for unusual botanicals to test and offer to our customers, you know, to build up our selection. And in my studies, I kept hearing about these big old botanicals called monkey pots. Now, my frog and her prints really pleaded with me for months to secure these cool and elusive and highly coveted monkey pots. They'd be like, dude, trust me, you'll love them. Your customers are going to love them. Well, how could I not try to source these with all that peer pressure, right? Now, after a few months of searching and a few false starts, we found a pretty good supplier, a, a, a sustainable supplier in South America for these amazing botanicals. And boy, the frog and her people really knew what they were talking about. These pods are as advertised. They're mostly kind of large, durable, and really, really useful. And they look cool too. So bring on the monkey pots, right? Yeah, this is sort of a ridiculous name. However, it's one which us fish geeks can't be blamed for. Not not this time. You know my recent contempt for stupid made-up names for botanicals, and it's caught on with a lot of people, which is great, and hopefully sort of setting a standard. When we changed in 2018... To, to stop coming up with these Portuguese names that were romanticized and actually called them the, you know, Latin names and the common name if there is one. Um, it was kind of cool. And in this instance, this is what the damn thing's actually called. It's called a monkey pot by pretty much everybody in the region from where they come from, from South America, Brazil largely, and in the local languages, uh, particularly in the Brazilian jungle, the name is Castana de Sapuquea. In fact, there's a real legit story behind the name, a, a proverb actually, with a lesson for all of us, perhaps. And it goes like this, a wise old monkey doesn't stick its hand into a pot. Now the proverb is in reference to how a young monkey may plunge its entire hand deep into the pod, the monkey pot, in an attempt to grab all the nuts at one time, because there's nuts inside it, and not be able to remove uh, you know, a fistful of exposed nuts through the opening, whereas an older, more experienced individual will remove the nuts one at a time. Patience. Something damn smart, those monkeys, right? Some of them would probably make good aquarists. Actually, some people that are aquarists are monkeys, so this doesn't surprise me. Sorry, I had to get that little dig in there. Yeah, and it's technically a fruit capsule produced from the very abundant Lacethus pisonus. Uh, it's a native to South America, most notably the Amazonian region. 
Now, astute, particularly geeky readers of the tint will recognize the name as a derivative from the family Lecithidae, which just happens to be the family where the genus Cariniana is located, you know, the Cariniana pod. So, yeah, this family has a number of really cool botanical producing trees in it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Hmm, Lecithidae. Ah, it's also known as a taxonomic family, which contains the genus Bartholetia, the genus which contains the tree Bartholetia excelsa, the bearer of the Brazil nut. You know, the one that comes in the can of mixed nuts that, let's be honest, nobody really likes. The one that if you buy it in the shell, you need a freaking sledgehammer to crack because I don't know anybody that can crack those damn things. Yeah, that one. More useless Brazil nut trivia, I've got some for you. Check this out. Because of their larger size, they tend to rise to the top of the can of mixed nuts from vibrations which are encountered during transport. This is a textbook example of the physics concept of granular convection, which is the reason uh, is frequently called, wait for it, the Brazil nut effect. And I'm totally serious, you can look this up. That's my little physics you know, trivia thing. Okay, end of my tangent on Brazil nuts. It's seriously true. So hey, next time you're lamenting that my catapa leaf prices are a dollar more than some idiot on eBay's or whatever, remember that Tana Aquatics gives you way more useless and useful information about the value of our stuff than pretty much anybody else out there. I mean, it's really important to know a bit more about the twigs and nuts you toss into your aquarium, right? Isn't that worth something? Okay, don't answer that. Anyway, back to the tree. So it's really a big freaking tall tree. It grows about 98 feet. That's about 30 meters in height. So you pretty much have to be a monkey to get up into them. And as you've surmised by now, these large, woody, kind of gourd-like fruits are a favorite of well, monkeys, which reach in and yank out the nutritious little fruits inside. And I still don't know how they manage to crack the damn things, but they discard that how you know harder outer nut. And fortunately for us, monkeys are not aquarists, or they've figured out a way to sell these directly to the consumer at really high prices instead of just tossing them on the forest floor when they're done. So, you know, respect to the monkeys for making it easy for our sources to collect them, right? Oh, and they're pretty big too. These fruits are what uh, botanists call globulous or oblong in shape, and they're woody, averaging around two and a half as much up to six inches in, uh, in you know, length. That's about 6.35 to 15.24 centimeters, and about three inches to eight inches or more width and wide. That's uh, 7.6 to about 20 and a quarter centimeters. Big. And let me tell you, the fruits of Lecithus pisonis are, well, a tough nut to crack, as they say, right? The pericarp, or more specifically the exocarp, the outer layer of the fruit, is really rock hard and extremely durable, which challenges both humans and primates in their quest for the edible fruit inside. The pericarp can be up to uh, one inch, almost three centimeters thick, and has a pretty tight-fitting lid that bursts open when the, and it's mature, releasing the fruit. And the empty, you know, the fallen empty nuts dry out, they're collected and used for a variety of purposes, including utensils, bowls, and stuff like that by the indigenous peoples of the Amazon. Also, infusions of the bark and pericarp are used in local medicine for treating liver complaints, interestingly enough. Sad story. Uh, and my final primate reference in this little, little diatribe here. Now, native hunters used to bait young monkeys with, you know, tempting little food items placed in the empty shells. And from uh, John Hooker's Comprehensive Journal of Botany from 1849, I found this charming description of how they whacked the hapless monkeys who fall for this trick. <clears throat> and I quote, The mouth of the capsule, it will be observed, is narrower than the inside, this being filled with sugar and laid in a place frequented by monkeys. The monkeys grasp the sugar and by this means enlarge the paw so as to be unable to extricate it. 
while their greediness forbids the opening of the paw and loss of the sugar. The heavy fruit of Lysithus prevents the escape of the animal who is pursued and taken into the monkey trap. Well, shit, it sucks to be a monkey in some places, doesn't it? Uh, how could they be so stupid as to fall for that? But whatever. And, and note the use of the word greediness. I love that we put these human attributes. Well, I suppose some monkeys like humans are lazy. And if there ever were an example of how laziness can literally kill, well, yeah. So I'd probably make a crappy monkey because I would probably fall for that. I mean, would you rather eat a nut or would you rather eat sugar inside of a nut? Like, come on. Anyway, that's a downer, right? Especially if you're a monkey. Let's, let's think about happier, less depressing uses for these so-called monkey pots. For the fish geek or the frog geek, they're really great looking and they have a lot of uses. In a vivarium, you can use them as a water vessel or even a little planter. In the aquarium, the uses are manifold. I mean, you get hiding spaces, breeding caves, etc., etc., etc. I think that they're a solid natural stand-in for the venerable clay pot for fish spawning. I mean, you want to spawn your fish in a clay pot or you want to have them spawn in something a little more natural. They have a certain look that I think is far, far sexier than an inverted flower pot. I mean, that's just my opinion, but come on, it's got to count for something. It's another one of those botanicals which compels us to wonder if they perform a similar role in nature as they do in the aquarium. Indeed, their habitat is known to include the fertile floodplains in the rainforest and in dense primary forests. That's literally from one of my sources where I took the notes on that. Yeah, I'm liking the sound of that. I mean, it is totally conceivable that these forest floors in their native range are subject to seasonal inundation. And if a monkey pot just happens to be lying on the now submerged forest floor, wouldn't you use it as a cave or a spawning site if you were a little apisto or whatever that swam into the area? Yeah, I would. I'd probably make a better apisto than a monkey, but whatever. As you might assume, there's some preparation needed if you're going to use them in an aquarium. Now, fortunately, they're pretty easy to prepare. You simply boil and soak the living shit out of them until they saturate and sink. I mean, it could take 20 minutes or two hours. It's just like patience. I, there's, there's no guarantees. They take a while to saturate. But once they sink, you got a really, really cool prop for your, for your aquarium. Will they leach out tannins and all that stuff and tint your water? Well, sure, there might be some tannins in the exocarp like there are in most other terrestrial you know, botanical materials. But rest assured, the monkey pot will never be one of the botanicals which we recommend specifically for you know, tinting or coloring your water. This is one we pretty much know that you're going to love if you haven't played with it before. And, and they last a really, really long time, which makes them a great value too. Like, I've never thrown away a monkey pot. I've literally had specimens down for over two years with no loss of, you know, structural integrity. You wipe them off with a toothbrush, get any of the, you know, whatever detritus or whatever off there, throw them back in. They're durable, like really freaking durable. You can use them over and over and over again for all sorts of stuff. Literally hundreds of possibilities. Just don't get your hands stuck in them. Okay, bad joke. Anyway, until next time, I hope you enjoyed this little foray into the uh, story of the, the monkey pot. So stay curious, stay educated, stay creative, stay patient, and always stay wet. Till next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.